Hey everybody, welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I'm Lyle. And I am Eli. And we're back with a special non-anime related uh, episode. Well, That's right. Yeah, I guess it's not anime related. Because I will be talking about Star Wars. Please, hold your applause. <laughs> hold your applause. I was looking for one of those stupid little party poppers, but I realized I don't have those. You never have those. I I know. I always want to have it just like preloaded on my phone for the sound effect, but I never do. Fair, fair. Well, anyways, specifically what I'll be talking about today is my recent chronological viewing adventure of Star Wars. Where we start at the beginning and then go all the way to the end. Fully chronologically within all the stuff, as close as possible. So... Yay. Yeah. How'd that work out for you? Uh, actually, pretty well. I, I very much enjoyed it. And I was kind of lost <laughs> once it was over because I was like, well, what do I do now? I, I, I've spent two months of my life <laughs> sitting here watching Star Wars chronologically. Same, same fucking feeling I had when I, find, when I watched the last episode of Stargate. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, we'll just, I guess, jump straight into it. Where, okay. Uh, Star Wars is famously a series that was released out of order. Some would say intentionally, some would say unintentionally, some would say that one part sucks, some would say all of it sucks. That's, that's just Star Wars for you. I am fully expecting all discourse around this to be entirely on balance, and reasonable. Hot take? The Christmas special was the best one. <laughs> uh, oh boy. So I will just go ahead and lay some ground rules for how I followed the setup of this viewing adventure. First of all, only canon stuff. So nothing that was not canon. Uh... Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. And also, I didn't include any comics in this, just because I don't have all the comics, and the that's that's a lot of extra work. This was purely anything that could be found on Disney Plus, because they've got all the Star Wars stuff, because they own Star Wars. Anyways, so where we start with Episode One, The Phantom Menace. And I know that a lot of watch orders actually omit this one, just because they don't like it. So like, meh, let's forget forget the Phantom Menace. It it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But it kind of does, especially in the chronological viewing adventure. It introduces a lot of the plot points that will become relevant in like mid-Clone Wars and even onwards. Plus, it I think it serves as a really good like starter thing nice little self-contained adventure that introduces you to all the major concepts of star wars you got the jedi you got the sith you got high class planets you got low class planets slavery desert planet weird stuff just weird stuff everywhere it's just i just think it's a good time maybe that's because i grew up with it and i am nostalgic for it 
but then you know I went and watched it. I was like, oh hey, this is actually pretty enjoyable. It it it's an it's an all right experience to me. I I've heard people say it's not a good film, and yeah, fair, whatever. I don't care. Is it a good film? No. Is it bad? Not really. No. It That's... is. It's functional. It works, and Duel of the Fates is one of the best fights and soundtracks in Star Wars. Period. That is something that actually I cannot deny. This is true. This is true. So anyways. One of the one of the big things, plot points that gets set up in the fandom as that will come relevant later, is of course the mall subplot. Oh right, yeah. They brought uh the dude who got bisected <laughs> yeah. back. But we're not there yet. So moving on. In the chronological viewing space we jump ahead 10 years to episode 2 attack of the clones which is really where the plot starts because we've got the beginning of the clone wars we've got uh anakin falling in love we've got clones the first hints of the death star subplot did i mention the cloning subplot because that's going to be important later um just all this a whole bunch of stuff happens that starts the plot in Attack of the Clones and it's a good time it's a good time I don't don't have a lot to say about the Attack of the Clones the the gunship rescue uh, is pretty sweet in Attack of the Clones oh absolutely the fuck what are they called L-A-A-T's the lats, yes. Yes, those those things go hard. Love those things. Yes, I don't think there's anyone who dislikes the lats. Uh, they're they're just a they're just a cool looking gunship. Uh, one thing about Attack of the Clones is that I remember a lot of people. I remember reading a bunch of stuff about people like, oh yeah, the the battle scenes in it are just so fake and really bad yes but at the same time it is star wars yeah yeah, one it's star wars of course it's bad two it's the first it's the start of the first major war in fucking a millennia that wasn't just prosecuted by jedi and pirates (laughs) and that wasn't really a war and also didn't exist yet (laughs) um and like because just people act like Oh, the they're not digging trenches and sitting in those trenches, so therefore they're not actually like being realistic about warfare. And trenches are not how wars work. Trenches are when wars break down. Like if you've got trench lines, that's a sign that something has gone horribly wrong. So for the perspective of the Battle of Geonosis of troops just kind of running across the field towards the enemy. Well, one, it it's just a giant-ass field. There's not really much you can do there. You don't have time to set up trenches, nor do you want to. I mean, for me, the biggest thing that I never see anyone in pretty much any side this is one of the pet peeves i do have with science fiction much as i love it 
which Star Wars is more science fantasy anyway, but also like that. (laughs) But uh, no one ever seems to understand that you can just lay on the ground (laughs) and (laughs) to reduce your odds of getting shot. Okay, that's that's fair. That is absolutely fair. One might counter, though, with if you're laying on the ground, sure, you have reduced chances of getting shot, but what if the enemy just runs up to you and then shoots you in the face? All of a sudden, you can't move as well. (laughs) Well, in any case, Star Wars fans who think they have insightful knowledge on how war works in a very specific situation with limited time to... There are absolute, some absolutely fantastic and fairly realistic battles in Star Wars. You're, you're, this is not one of them, but uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd say they're generally few and far between, especially since Star Wars tends to be more like hero-on-hero hero stuff. Yeah. Or, well, I guess hero-on-villain stuff. Yeah, that's true. So you got the hero and the villain fighting each other, and then the armies are just kind of clashing in the background. I mean, I'll say this. At least they usually show the good guys on one side and the bad guys on the other side, instead of just everybody getting into the middle and getting all mixed up. Like, medieval stuff always fails to properly represent a melee, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so Attack of the Clones. Important subplots introduced here. Uh, Dooku. The Death Star. Cloning. Remember those. Moving on to the Clone Wars. The, uh, I forget when it came out. I think it took 2007 animated series and movie. The, the movie Well, the is, movie came first. Yeah, the movie came first and the series came later, but confoundingly, they did a whole lot of it out of order, and this is the chronological viewing adventure. So you gotta go find a uh, viewing guide somewhere. I think there's like an official one on StarWars.com or something. Which I believe is the one I used. And you have to watch a whole bunch of episodes out of order. Uh, and you actually watch a bunch of episodes of the series before you watch the movie. And then you go back to the series watching out of order until about like season four, at which point it's just you watch everything chronologically in release order. Which is nice. Which is nice. Um, but yeah, the Clone Wars is a big chunk of this viewing adventure. Chronicles about three years, uh, worth of war fighting between the Republic and the Separatists. And I, I just think it's a good time. You get, you'll get so much expansion of the world and examination of all the different groups and what they believe and how all that stuff interacts and also all of this most of the subplots except for cloning and death star get picked up get picked back up here so dooku is a pretty major character and darth maul comes back uh like halfway through the series he's he's kind of an outside context problem to most of this because he shows up he's pissed at Obi-Wan I mean he only cut him in half <laughs> yeah he only cut him in half to turn him down a reactor shaft 
dumped in a, dumped ended up dumped on a trash planet where he built a new body out of scrap that looked like a giant spider. Good times. Good times. Uh Let's see. Clone Wars does introduce some subplots that become relevant later, like the Mandalore subplot. The whole, just all of Mandalore. This is the way. And this is also not the way. <laughs> and this is also the way. Do you know the way? No. <laughs> That's, no. Absolutely not. Anyways. Uh, basically, Mandalorians are just, like, super cool warriors, and Jango Fett, who was in Attack of the Clones, he wore Mandalorian armor, so he's technically important to the plot of the Mandalore, but not really. I mean, he did get his, spoiler alert, he got his head chopped off in episode two. Very true. And then his, then his son, like, spent half the, half of the Clone Wars trying to avenge his father, and then the other half becoming a bounty hunter, like his father. Good times. Did I mention this kid's, like, ten? As of Attack of the Clones? And also a clone? I forgot to mention, he's gonna be important later. I'm gonna say that a lot, but a lot of these characters are gonna be important later. So yes, a whole bunch of stuff happens. Uh... During the Clone Wars, Anakin gets a Padawan apprentice called Ahsoka. She's going to be important later. Just, I think the Clone Wars is some of the best Star Wars out there. There is a lot of not really important episodes, though. Like, if, you, if this was your first time watching all the Star Wars and you were going through the chronological viewing adventure, I'd say watch all of the Clone Wars. On a second viewing, you can probably skip a lot of episodes. They're not super important. I'd have to go back and double check which episodes you can skip, but generally anything that involves just R2, D2, and C3PO, feel free to skip this. You're, you're not missing much. Uh, so yeah, Clone Wars happens. Whole bunch of stuff goes down. People die, people come back to life. People die again. People die before their friends come back to life. More people die. A lot of people die in the Clone Wars. And so now, at the end of the Clone Wars, we get to a an interesting little crossover of Revenge of the Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and the last four episodes of the Clone Wars. Because they kind of take place at the same time. And so, and they lead right into one another. So, there is a viewing guide for this where basically you start watching Clone Wars and then stop after them. So, go start watching Revenge of the Sith. Pause that at a certain moment, go back, keep watching Clone Wars. Then you just go back and forth until both are done and your heart is broken. Because, spoiler, Order 66 is a thing, and all the Jedi that you met during the Clone Wars die horribly, 
and it just feels bad, man. It feels bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a bad feel. Execute Order 66. Oh, gods. Which actually, I want to make a point about Palpatine, that, um, he, okay, so, it's pretty obvious, at least in retrospect, that Palpatine is evil. He's the dark, he's the Sith that's working to destroy the Jedi and the Republic and all that good stuff. But, quite honestly, if you went in and you didn't know that, and you also found out about, like, the cloning subplot, and you'd be like, Oh, he's just like a clone of Palpatine, or Palpatine is a clone of him, or something. Something's going on. There's body doubles involved, or it's just a fake out. Palpatine's not actually evil until you get to near the end of the Clone Wars, and it's really obvious that Palpatine is evil. But they do a pretty good job of obfuscating that through most of Star Wars up to the point where Anakin says, "You're a Sith Lord." So, fun times, fun times all around. I'm just now remembering in the novelization for Revenge of the Sith when the Jedi are like, he's a Sith Lord, and he pulls the whole freedom of religion card. <laughs> well, it's not illegal to be a Sith. He's like, oh, it's not illegal to be a Sith, but at the same time, he started a war against himself that, for the express purpose of Murdering thousands of Jedi. I f- I feel like I feel like that's enough Costa's belly to be like, dude. No, we're going to arrest you because you started a war. Ugh. The prequels uh. are 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 definitely the uh the most memed of. All the Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, and fortunately, I don't know. For the for the longest time, the prequels were some of the most reviled Star Wars movies in existence. But hey, if you're watching it chronologically, you wouldn't know that. Because you're also not watching, you're not looking at any of the discourse around Star Wars if you're doing this. Just trust me, don't do it. Nope, not a good idea. Anyways. Let's see. Yeah, so the mall subplot got attempted to get tied up at the end of Clone Wars, but then it was left open uh, for future stuff. And the Death Star subplot shows up at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Will be important later. Um, see that that cloning subplot not super important right now. So after after you have your heart broken and everyone dies at the end of the Clone Wars, we jump straight to the Bad Batch. And I know I know that a lot of people have some issues with this. It's not the best series in existence. But in terms of a chronological viewing adventure, it's a decent amount decent enough little stopgap between the endless misery that is the end of the Clone Wars and the endless misery that is the Empire. So, you know, it shows stuff like 
how a lot of the systems get set up in the Empire. Uh, there's subtle hints of the clone subplot progressing, but it's all in the background. And there's also a character that gets introduced who will be relevant later. Um, but yeah, Bad Batch is a thing that exists. Moving on. So then after this, we're going to jump ahead like, oh no, five, like three or four years. Because now we get to the first game portion of the chronological, chronological viewing adventure. Which is breaking the rules I set earlier a little bit, because it's not on Disney+, Plus and it's not a viewing, you're playing it. Or at least I played it. Because I really like Jedi Fallen Order. It's a good game. Follows a uh, Jedi Padawan whose master died in Order 66. He survived. And then everything goes wrong. <laughs> And this is also, and this is the first thing that we get introduced to the Inquisitors, dark side force users who wield fancy lightsabers, and who are all evil and former Jedi, well, usually former Padawans. Anyways, it's a fun little time. It's a fun little adventure where the protagonists barely get a, barely escape with their lives. Good times. Yeah, I mean, I kind of knew it was destined to fail because it's an interquel. True. So, it's a bit of a foregone conclusion. Yeah, that's true. But hey, it's still a very fun adventure. We get more weird places, weird people, weird creatures. We free the Wookiees on Kashyyyk. Oh, I completely forgot. <laughs> During the Clone Wars, the Saw Gerrera subplot gets started, and then it... So basically, Saw Gerrera is a freedom fighter from Onderon, who's trained by the Republic to fight back against the Separatists who are occupying his planet. Then, after the war, he keeps fighting the Empire. And so... Yeah. He, he shows up in Fallen Order as... A guy leading a group called the Partisans trying to liberate the Wookiees on Kashyyyk. Wookiees. God. I don't have time to explain all of Star Wars. But what of the Wookiees? Yes. <laughs> Let's see how many prequel memes I can fit into this. That is, that is going to be my contribution. Uh, by all means, please do so. Okay. In any case, Sagara just kind of shows up He's not super important, but it's important to know that he exists. Because he'll be relevant later. Damn it. Uh, anyway, so after this, we're going to jump, jump ahead like five years, five or six years, to Planet of Corellia to a guy that we've never met before. For a plot we've never seen, for a plot that has nothing to do with anything we've seen before. Except for the little bits in the background. And also Chewbacca, who's a Wookiee. Who's a, who will be important later. He was, for short and sweet, he was friends with Ahsoka and Yoda. Okay? Okay, anyways. Solo, a Star Wars story. Which is basically a heist movie. That introduces the characters of Han Solo, 
uh, Lando Calrissian, Kira. Kira is more relevant in the comics than in like the visual media, but whatever. She exists. Um. Uh, yeah, Solo exists. It really its only contribution is introducing the character of Han Solo, who will be important later. Very important, actually. <laughs> um, just a bit. Just a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So introducing Han Solo and also revealing again that Darth Maul is still active in the criminal underworld. Short of it, he built a whole criminal criminal empire during the Clone Wars. And he's still he's still running it by the time of Solo. Good times. All I remember from Solo was it was the movie. It was the Star Wars film. I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like finishing this. That's fair. I remember I described it to you. And when I got to the to the mall part, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Dude got fucking chopped in half in episode one, and I figured that'd be the end of it. And no, he goes on to be apparently ridiculously important. He's kind of just in the background of everything from mid-Clone Wars onwards. <laughs> and then he never shows up, like, afterwards. Well, he does in uh, in the very next thing, Star Wars Rebels. Which is like Clone Wars, but much more focused on a single group whereas clone wars was more like all of the all of the wars just everybody get their, gets their own little vignettes whereas rebels is a much more focused story about an orphan who gets trained by a a former jedi padawan who we've seen before but we don't really know who he is and oh ah i completely forgot about hera so she's in rebels she's one of the main characters she also appeared in the Bad Batch, in, like, little introductory thing. She's going to be important later. Anyways. So. Rebels. A whole lot of stuff happens. Basically, it chronicles most of the early foundations of the of the Rebel Alliance against the Empire. All these different groups coming together, uh, Separatist holdouts, Republic revivalists, people who want to do a war again. It's it's a vast and diverse tapestry of people. Good times. Good times. And and this one freighter crew with two Jedi on it was at like just off to the side of every major historical event in the formation of the rebellion. Let's see, it'll, this series also continues the Mandalore plot, as, well, Mandalore got taken over by Maul and his criminals in the Clone Wars, and then they were liberated, and then they were taken over by the Empire, and then there was another revolution in the Rebels, and they're freed again. Good times. There's also a sword, a lightsaber, that's important to the Mandalorians. That'll be important later. Ah, <sighs> God. Oh yeah, and the Maul subplot, where Maul just kind of shows up, because he's 
he's still evil, but he's looking for Obi-Wan, who went into hiding after the whole Order 66 thing. And, uh, good times. Good times. I will say, Maul's, Maul's subplot does end definitively in Rebels. Oh, he thank is, fucking God. Yeah, he is, he is finally killed. He. I mean, does it... Are, are you sure? Because he seemed pretty dead the last time. Well, this time he, had, he got closure. So, from a storytelling perspective, he's dead. He, he has nothing left to bring to the plot. I mean, honestly, it's, it's worth watching Rebels just to see Maul's final battle. Good times. Good time. Ah, uh, it ends where it began. Anyways. So yeah, bunch, a whole bunch of stuff happens in Rebels. The Jedi characters end up either dying or going missing by the end of it. So, so that they can't interfere with the events of the original trilogy. But before we get to that, Rogue yeah. One. Oh boy, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> oh my gods. <laughs> Alright, Rogue One is the story of how the daughter of the guy who built the Death Star Super Laser teams up with a ragtag bunch of misfits to go steal the Death Star plants. Hey, look, it's the, it's the Death Star subplot. <laughs> I knew that'd be relevant. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention, during all of this, like, Rebels and whatnot, there's just kind of been, like, hints in the background that the Death Star is being worked on, from the genocide of the Geonosians to all of the kyber crystals the Empire keeps trying to grab and steal. Anyways, yeah, so we finally get to see the Death Star in action in Rogue One, and it, uh, first it destroys a city, and then it destroys another city. But the heroes successfully transmit the plans to the Alliance so that they can figure out a way to destroy it. That is, Rogue One is my unequivocal favorite Star Wars film. Is it too much of a spoiler to say that everyone dies in the end? I mean, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. It, it, is, it is still an integral. It was still made after the original trilogy, so it's... Fair to assume that since none of these characters ever get mentioned or show up ever again, that uh, something happened to them. Very true, very true. So yeah, everyone dies. Everyone. But they all die heroic deaths. I mean, I don't know if heroic is the word I would use. They all die deaths that progress the plot. Uh, like they do something heroic to progress the plot and then they die because they are no longer important to the story it's their, tragic their, their plot armor falls off I did if you, my, yeah I did my thing for the plot oh no where's where all my plot armor if you subscribe to the theory that basically the entire events of Star Wars are just being orchestrated by this by the force is just some sort of like force of nature for lack of a better term that's just doing everything like bashing action figures together this probably makes the most sense because they're as literally as soon as they're no longer relevant they die 
Good times. Uh, it's this is also the absolutely the has the be- the most realistic uh, combat in Star Wars. Uh, probably helped by the fact that most of the extras in the battle scenes are actually, I believe, they were uh, British reservists. Really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. It is. It is the best, the second best one. I will. We will. We haven't gotten to it yet. But yeah, this is the the best uh, Star Wars combat ever. It's. It's just. It's. It's. It's great. I love it. The story is compelling. The characters are compelling. Uh, it shows all the horrible deaths of their red shirts who have to die so that the epic heroes of the main trilogy can, you know, be epic heroes. Yeah. yeah. For every Luke Skywalker, there's every every other person who attacked the Death Star and died. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Also, Rogue One features the end of the uh, Saw Gerrera arc. Saw Gerrera. Good times. He he dies horribly. Good times. He died defiant. Well, I wouldn't say defiant. He got sh- he he got his place blown up by a Death Star. So that's fun. Ground was literally ripping away. And he was flattened by falling rocks. And his and according to Word of God, his last words was telling his dead sister that he was coming to meet her. Forgot to mention he had a sister. And after she died, he kind of went off the deep end. Saw Guerrero did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you know, torture of political prisoners, of war, of war prisoners and terrorist bombings. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Anyways, probably also the other thing that makes Rogue One great it shows how the you know rebellion against the uber powerful all tyrannical government isn't just like yeah like we're the heroes we're great it's also you know people touching off bombs in the middle of crowded cities to take out patrols of dudes trying to keep the peace. Peace and, quotation marks. Yeah. The uh. Trying to keep the oppression. Let's go with that. Um, and also, really shows the rebellion as this cobbled together mishmash of so many different groups, all with different goals and ideas of what should happen. But uh, but Alderaan changed everything. Everything Alderaan. changed. When Ultron was destroyed. Technically not a prequel meme, but I'm going to use it anyway. Yeah. So, we move on to the original trilogy. Episode 4, A New Hope. For you see, back in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin's wife, Padme, had twins. One named Luke, one named Leia. And Obi-Wan took one of the twins and brought him to Tatooine. It begins where it began, and it will end where it began. So Luke Skywalker is now, like, what? 18? 18 years old, I think? Uh, well, let's see, he was born... Doesn't, didn't the Empire... Wait, wait, so... Uh, 
he was born literally like the day the empire became a thing, right? Yes. And that was 19 years before the Battle of Yavin, if I'm remembering correctly. That sounds correct. So then he he would be 19. Okay, yeah. So Luke Skywalker is 19 years old and he wants to be a, he wants to be a protagonist. But his his uncle is like, "No, you can't be a protagonist." And then these two droids show up who are people we've met before. And then Obi-Wan shows up and everything goes to hell. We they team up with Han Solo and Chewbacca to get off Tatooine to go deliver a message to Alderaan. But the Death Star with Darth Vader on it, who's also Anakin, um, destroys Alderaan to, to well, to make, uh, whatchamacallit, Princess Leia, the princess of Alderaan. What exactly was the purpose of destroying Alderaan? To, ma- to make a point, I think. It, w- it was to literally go... If you try and resist, we will blow up your entire planet. Yeah, so uh, that that ended up not working out for them. Alderaan was a peaceful planet. Very true. There's that. <laughs> the fact that Alderaan was peaceful. Uh, also, the whole everything else that ended up happening from the fact that this event galvanized everyone in the galaxy to say fuck you to the Empire and also it might have worked if the Death Star hadn't been destroyed in the same week that it was in- that was first used and also Obi-Wan dies it's very tragic but also not because he lives on in the force I mean if you strike him down he'll only return stronger than ever it's true it's true um. Yeah, so the rebellion is at their last legs. They only have like a few wings, flights. No, Squadrons. they only have like a dozen starfighters. They have heavy fighters, and well, they have brand new snub fighters from the T sixty five X wing from Incom. Good, good, very good starfighter. And then, of course, they have surplus uh y-wings from the clone wars so they're not doing too great at this point i mean they had a lot of losses at the battle of scarif yeah they lost uh i think pretty much all of blue squadron yep well at least all the ones that were down on the planet well i think like two or three of them didn't make it to the planet and had to uh fight in the orbital battle, but I'm assuming they all died there too. I think they actually survived because they took some pretty serious losses. I yeah, mean, they... two 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 snub fighters is not a squadron make. No, no. Blue squadron does get reformed later, though. But yes, for for the Battle of Yavin, all we had was red and yellow squadrons. Oh, it was gold squadron. Uh, yeah, gold squadron. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> gold um... squadron rules. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so Luke Skywalker participates in the final battle over the Death Star and is the one who fires the destroying shot. And what, there's like three X-Wings and one Y-Wing that survived that battle? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't remember, I haven't seen it. I haven't watched that, uh, 
uh, A New Hope recently, but I do vaguely recall it was like four guys that survived. It was Luke, I know definitely survived. There was one Y-Wing that survived, I remember. And I know for a fact that um, Wedge survived. Yes, and there was probably like one other dude, I think. And the Millennium Falcon, because don't forget, Han Solo was there. And he sort of officially joins the Rebellion. It's complicated. Officially joins the Rebellion, decides to just not let them all headbutt the Death Star to death. (laughs) Good times. Good times. Anyways, so, uh, unlike the Clone Wars, we don't have a big series that chronicles the uh, Rebellion over the three years time skip between episode 4 and episode 5, unfortunately. So, episode 5, they're on Hoth, which is a snow planet. And the Empire's searching for the Rebellion. We're all scattered out now because, well... Yeah, the the Rebels just seem to be making their bases in Alderaan places. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Ah... Anyways. Almost as terrible as the Empire did to Alderaan. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways. So this is a very pers- this is a much more personal episode of the original trilogy where Luke face where Luke gets training from Master Yoda, finds out that Obi-Wan is still technically alive through force stuff reasons. And uh then he goes and foolishly confronts Darth Vader. And ends up losing his hand and finds out that Vader that is his fault. Vader is his father's brother's uncle's former roommate. So what does that make us? Nothing. Which is what you're about to be. <laughs> yes. So that. Um, so yeah, all that happens. Han Solo gets frozen in Carbonite by Boba Fett. Hey! I knew he'd show hey. up again. Yeah, now he's wearing Mandalorian armor. He's He's, like, super cool. Even though he doesn't really do anything? Other than be threatening? And all the other bounty hunters are also there. But they don't really do anything? Except look threatening? I mean, they're not the ones that caught uh, Han Solo. Or, well, followed him to Bespin. That's true, that's true. Good times, good times. Um... The the Battle of Hoth is my second favorite and second best uh, battle in Star Wars. Yeah, this is the one people usually uh, cite when they're complaining about other Star Wars battles. But I'm like, how is it the best battle? The Rebellion got their butts kicked. I mean, the Rebellions got their ass kicked because they're <laughs> they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. The whole point was to just try and survive. It's, it's not it's not the best one and that has the best outcome. It's the best in that it especially when you when you with the ATATs and the ATSTs, when you actually look at it from a Star Wars perspective, it actually makes like the most sense. Because you have the Empire landing and using like armor to try and push up and take out the thing so they can call on air support and such. And it's not just people charging dick first at each other. Fair, fair. Those were uh, Norwegian uh, reservists, I believe, if I remember correctly. Okay. For the extras in that one. (laughs) Very nice. And, you know, the Rebellion digs trenches and has artillery in place to try and take out enemy armor. That does nothing. Like, all right, crap. Wait, no, they didn't have artillery. They had had those big cannon things. Are those? 
That's like a. That's not I don't know what I would call those, but I mean, they're most certainly intended to I mean, reach out and like blow a, shit up. I mean, I would say that's more like uh, infantry support cannons. Whatever. Regardless, Either. you know they ha- they have heavy emplaced weapons. Yeah, but the Empire brought armor. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Um. Yeah. So, a lot of nothing. Nothing good really comes out of comes as the result of Empire Strikes Back. It's probably also another reason why uh, it has a lot of the popularity in the fandoms because it actually ends on not a, not a complete downer note, but a, it very much ends with a yes. This is a dark time for the rebellion. That's fair. You know Hoth, and then. Han and all that crap. Yeah. Oh, and Lando Calrissian comes back. Hey. We like Lando. He's cool. Well, except the part where he betrayed everybody. But I didn't have a. He didn't have a choice. The Empire came before they arrived. That's true. That's true. Uh. Anyways. So now, it, for my viewing adventure, I moved straight on to Episode Six, Return of the Jedi. But I would posit that you should put in, between the two, the Lego Star Wars Freemaker Chronicles. And yes, I That's know it's canon. Legos. Okay, so here's the thing. It's canon paraphrase. So the events happened, just not as comedically. So it's broad strokes canon. Yeah. And it doesn't really come up, but we do get a character from Rebels c- comes back. Um... We see that Blue Squadron was successfully reformed. It's it's. I think it's just a lot of fun in general. Um, and I think it's also a decent breather episode, breather series, in between the whole darkness of uh, Empire Strikes Back, and then puts you into Turn of the Jedi. Uh, it does have some issues where. Parts of it overlap with Return of the Jedi, so like some parts you might want to watch after Return of the Jedi, just so you know like what actually happened. And anyways, it it is it is still canon though, so I I would recommend to go check it out. Um, anyways, so now we move on to Return of the Jedi where. The crew rescues Han, kills a crime boss who's been a big threat for like all of Star Wars up to this point. Like he's not a huge threat, but he's there, and he's he's pretty he's pretty bad. Hooray for murdering crime bosses! I mean, Luke gave him an out. True. That's true. It was free us or die, and Jabba chose death. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, anyways. So yes, the Empire built another Death Star. This is getting out of hand. Now there's two of them. Um. And so, after they wrap up the whole Jabba subplot, and free Han, and also send Boba Fett careening into... A, the mouth of a sarlacc. Good times. 
the rebellion meets back up to plan for the final attack. Uh, and so, a whole bunch of stuff happens. Turns out it was a trap. And, uh, the team that was sent down to deactivate the shield got captured and then uncaptured, and they made friends with the Ewoks, and a whole bunch of stuff happened. At the end of it, though, good prevailed. Vader is redeemed, and Palpatine is dead. Probably. Vader is also dead, but, uh... But, th- but that was... But he redeemed himself first. <laughs> yes. Good times. Also, Yoda died, which was sad, but he also became Yoda, a Force Ghost. Yoda didn't really die, which is just sort of pieced out of existence. Fair. That's fair. He, he passed on and became one with the Force, and now he's a Force Ghost. He'll always exist, as long as someone can do his gravelly voice. Okay. And so with that... Uh, now, you you could stop there if you wanted to. It's a nice, probably happy ending, with the Empire destroyed, apparently. But we're not done yet. Next up, next up, you get to go, go play or watch the campaign for Battlefront 2 from EA. Not the original Battlefront 2, the, the remake. But what, doesn't, isn't the Mandalorian first? No, Mandalorian comes after. Mandalorian really? is like four. Oh, years. right, 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 right. I, sorry. For some reason, I was thinking of the DLC to Battlefront 2. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. That's, yeah. Okay, so. So, yeah, once you're done with Return of the Jedi, you jump straight to Battlefront 2, which takes place during the Battle of Endor and chronicles a certain squad's breakup as the Empire enacts a horrid plan to burn thousands of worlds, many of them loyal, simply because they didn't protect their emperor. Good times. Good times. Good, good times. Uh, anyway, so, about halfway through, the squad has pieced out of the Empire and, like, we're not on board for all this genocide stuff, so we're gonna, we're gonna flip ship. And during this, then there's a time skip, and during the time skip, you're gonna go and play or watch the Star Wars Squadrons campaign, which doesn't have a lot of uh, relevance to anything, but it's got some fan-favorite characters like Wedge Antilles and Harrison Dula. Hey. And it's, 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 it's certainly a time, and it shows all the infighting and uni- uniting and the beginnings of the New Republic. Ugh. Good times. Not not actually good times. This is this is still pretty bad times. Um So yeah. Star Wars Squadrons happened. There was a giant there was a ship with a giant tractor beam that the rebellion made out of destroyed Star Destroyers. Good times. Good times. Anyways, we go back to Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh more stuff happens and the war finally ends at the Battle of Jakku. There's also some stuff happening in the background that's technically in a book, but it's not on the screen, so we don't get to see it in, in this chronological viewing adventure. 
But basically, the Empire gets royally fucked, and anyone who survives flees into the Unknown Regions. If they didn't flip ships and join the New Republic. So now we're going to jump ahead like five years, I think. A few years. A few years. To the Mandalorian. Here's where all of the Mandalore plot gets, uh, th that's where it's been leading to. As a bounty hunter who is a Mandalorian, so many of those guys, uh, basically ends up being the surrogate father to a baby Yoda, and stuff happens, and he basically becomes the next ruler of Mandalore by the end of it all. I mean, it's still ongoing as of this recording, so we'll see where it goes, but not well. <laughs> also, Boba Fett came back. Yes, Boba Fett came back. He, he was, turns out he wasn't dead, and we'll find out more in about a month after this recording. <laughs> when, his, when his series comes, comes out and tells us what he's been up to. But anyways, the Mandalorian does advance some subplots, mainly the cloning subplot. Like, it's it's just kind of there in the background for a few episodes, so it's not super important. But they make a point to draw attention to it, which means it's going to be important later. Oh, and also Ahsoka shows back up. I, sh I forgot to mention, she showed up in Rebels, and she's got two white lightsabers now. And she's still got them in the Mandalorian, and she's older. She also fought Darth Vader. I mean, that is how time died. works. But she also fought Darth Vader and almost died. And uh, I'm not going to get into the world between worlds right now. That's that's a whole other mess. Anyways, so yeah, Ahsoka. Her she's following the Thrawn subplot, and he's relevant because he was a big admiral during Rebels, and before that. Uh, but he went missing with one of the Jedi from Rebels at the end of that series, and apparently he's back now. So, that's bad. Yeah, probably. But we don't know where that's going yet, so we'll find out in her series! Coming out, I don't know when, 2022 sometime? In any case, all this is fun stuff. Very, very fun stuff. Um, so once you're done with The Mandalorian, again, Mandalorian, really good. Make sure to watch it. Don't skip it. So after The Mandalorian, we're going to skip ahead, like, 25 years, I think? It's a... No, it's, like, 20 years. It's a while. It's a while. We skip ahead to Star Wars Resistance. Which the hell is, is a, that? It's another animated series like Rebels and Clone Wars about a pilot for the New Republic who gets enlisted by a, a resistance. So the resistance is a thing. They're basically the rebellion, but later? Because uh, it's... Uh, I don't have time to explain all this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, a pilot gets, gets enlisted as a spy for the resistance. And so he goes and spies, uh, tries to spy on the First Order, who are 
a uh, imperial remnant turned uh their own thing yeah they're they're a lot they're they're the main villains of the sequel trilogy yes in any case um so resistance basically follows the build up from the on the ground level of where oh everything's totally normal and then all of a sudden oh shit there's fascists walking around in like riot gear who will arrest us if we say anything bad to them good times good times and, and this this series also crosses over with uh the the force awakens episode 7 yes so let's hop over to episode 7 cuz that there's there's stuff. So, yes. Basically, everything's fucked. The First Order is, like, becoming more active again. Well, they are becoming active and, like, showing their hands to try and conquer the galaxy. To retake it and all that good stuff. And, uh... There's a scavenger girl who ends up kind of... Well, she starts out as nobody, who ends up becoming a pretty big deal in the whole grand scheme of things. Um, Stormtrooper, who defects to the Resistance because he doesn't want to be a Stormtrooper anymore because they're evil. And also, all Stormtroopers are apparently child conscripts now. Yeah, well, the ones for the First Order are. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's what I said now instead of. Yeah, previously, so with clones for so, Clone Wars we had a clone clone troopers and then stormtroopers came in and they were all, uh, volunteers or conscripts, and now, in the sequel trilogy, the first order is only using child conscripts, so like child soldiers. They are kidnapping children and turning them, raising them to be stormtroopers. Good times. This. You got a hint of this in the Battlefront 2 campaign. Well, actually, no. That's in the... Uh, the DLC. The DLC, which comes after Force Awakens. Well, it comes during Force Awakens. It's complicated. I, I watched it after Force Awakens just because it made more sense. It's like, you know what's going on, more or less. I wish I could watch just all of the movies, all of the stuff at once, but I can't really split my brain like that. Anyways, so... Force Awakens happens, and there's also a new Darth, ba- Darth Vader wannabe named Kylo Ren, who turns out to be Han Solo's son. See, I told you Han Solo would be important. Anyways, he murders Han Solo. And spoiler thus, warning, not spoiler warning. And thus, uh, Harrison Ford finally got to stop being in Star Wars. <laughs> For a bit. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't really, he, he didn't really want to keep coming back, but they kept making him. Gods knows why. Uh, why he didn't want to come back, or why they kept making him come back? Both. <laughs> Probably the latter, though. I mean, I'd have just keep ca- kept cashing the checks, but, uh... <laughs> Whatever. Uh, in any case, so... There's also Poe Dameron, who we met in Resistance. He shows up in Force Awakens. 
and then he, he apparently dies, and then he comes back. And my personal headcanon, though, is that the guy who comes back and says he's Poe Dameron is actually a shapeshifter <laughs> taking the form of Poe Dameron. What? It makes sense when you consider how he completely ignores all of his all the like backstory and lessons that he learned in previous in like the comic books and the previous series. I mean that or they did make those till afterwards, so That's fair. Well, no, cuz he the lesson he learns in episode 7 or episode 8 is the exact same lesson he already learned in the comic books that were released before that came out. Oh. Yeah. And then obviously they, the writers weren't reading the comics. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then also episode 9 radically changed his backstory from a military brat to a drug to a drug runner, which is kind of a shame because since uh he's played by a Latino actor. Yeah, I didn't know that until someone brought it up to me. Yeah. For some reason I thought he was like Filipino. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, you do have face blindness. I do have face blindness. <laughs> I thought he was Filipino. <laughs> so then he's like, oh, he was a drug, so I'm like, okay, that's odd. And someone said, oh, you know, unfortunate implication. I'm like, is that unfortunate implication to imply that a Filipino has been selling drugs? <laughs> no, apparently he's Latino, not Filipino. Regardless but, of my inability to tell where the hell people are from by looking at them. Nonetheless, it's that's still unfortunate implications. And but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So Force Awakens happens. Uh whatchamacallit? The First Order made a Death Star out of a planet. And so that's they shot and now there's three of them. And uh, this one had a super laser that could shoot multiple super lasers all at once, so it destroyed an entire star system, which also was the star system that was the that had the homeworld of the protagonist of Star Wars Resistance. So nice little personal connection, personal connection there. Anyway, so then we get uh, the Star Wars Battlefront Two DLC, where. Uh, the he- or the hero of the campaign and her daughter go and find schematics for a big ship that could destroy the resistance. That's the uh isn't that the dreadnought from Yeah, the, the dreadnought from the yeah. next movie. That's that's really all they do. Uh she ends up dead. They watch the some they watch the bright lights of what whatever the hell place getting blown up. Yeah. And they also got to witness Starkiller Base, the place that blew up the place blowing up. Good times. Uh, good times. Star Wars Battlefront 2, the DLC that was basically characters across the street from the main plot. <laughs> it's been like, oh wow, that's impressive. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we've got to stop this bad guy. <laughs> There's just so much stuff going on in, the, in like across the street or <laughs> down the road. <laughs> it's, 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 it's amusing. Anyway, so after that, then we get to episode 8, The Last Jedi, where we finally find out why Luke Skywalker ran off to go mope on an island. And drink seal milk. Yeah. Basically, it's because he accidentally, he accidentally almost murdered. 
and he was really ashamed of himself, so he's like, nope, fuck this, I'm cutting myself off from the Force, fuck it. And I know that The Last Jedi is very controversial for a lot of people. And for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons, for a lot of people, a lot of reasons, very controversial. I actually quite like it, personally. Like, on this on this watch through, and you get this guy who was trained by two Jedi, and then kind of had, and I, I, I do admit I know a bit more about his backstory, or the story, where he was just kind of, after the original trilogy, he became a, like, Jedi archaeologist for a bit, and just kind of went around helping people and finding old Jedi texts. Mainly just being a, a cryptid. More the or less. sacred texts! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But after the events of his backstory as of The Last Jedi, where he tried to train his friend and sister's son, and then everything went wrong because some evil guy got, got his claws into him. And so he was about to make a very bad decision. Then he was like, Wait, no, that that's a terrible idea. What am I what am I doing? Don't do that. Oh shit. He just saw me try think about doing that. Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. So yeah, Luke Skywalker runs away to hide, which I mean, he's a Skywalker. They are needlessly dramatic. And also that's running away and hiding in the middle of nowhere is kind of the Jedi retirement plan. It is. All things considered. <laughs> anyway, Obi-Wan so he, did it. Yeah. Yoda, Yoda did, did it. it. A whole bunch of other people who survived Order 66 did it. Uh, good times. Good times. Yeah, I was not a fan of Episode 8. Um, just I feel like it didn't pay off or build up anything really from Episode 7. Uh, That's fair opinion. I I I ended episode eight feeling really good about the series. Plus, there's just the fact that every other decision the characters in that thing make is just absolutely pants on head stupid. You know what? For some for some parts of that, I will agree. There's a lot of people doing dumb things for plot reasons. But hey, this is Star Wars. I would I would say just like don't worry about it. <laughs> Ultimately, all of this is just like cartoons for kids. So in the moment, it felt good. It felt it like made sense and also if you go into it knowing that you're not supposed to like what Luke Skywalker has turned into, you're like you're supposed to feel bad that he is a weirdo who lives alone and gives bad advice and complains about everything. You're again, let me rephrase, let me reiterate that you are not supposed to like it because then at the end, when he does his big Jedi thing, you're supposed to be like, yes, a Jedi thing. I went in 100% cold. I, I completely ignored even like what people were saying about it before I watched it. Fair. I, I wanted to, have my own opinion I came out like I again just my initial my initial thought was 
probably one of the one of the most one of the pe- things that people tend to hate on the most about it with uh Rose is her name. Yes. Honestly, I at the time when I watched it, I felt like she was probably one of the better parts of that movie. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh now I very much realize that there is no one easy way to say what would make the movie better or worse. It's it's very its much thing. episode eight is very yes, it is very much its own thing. Uh you you can't just start taking and replacing things from it without just breaking it even further. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Uh but uh what should I call? Yeah, so this is this is the one that a lot of people have discourse over. But hey, if you're on the chronological viewing adventure, don't worry about the discourse. Just just blow straight through it. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. You're not at the end yet. Cuz now we've got Resist- Resistance season 2, which just kind of it mostly just uh, ties up plot points from the first season of Resistance. And other than that, just kind of this whole sequel trilogy era, really, when you're going through the whole chronological viewing adventure, and you think, you know, you started with this big war and then into the rebellion, and there was a massive period of peace, relative prosperity, and the thing and the clones and droids and all this stuff were like ancient history. Well, they're as far away to uh the sequel trilogy people as world war ii was to people in the year 2000 basically so it's like it's in the back of your mind but like you could you could probably pace it out so like world war ii is the clone wars the vietnam war is the galactic civil war um, and then War on Terror, I guess, in the 2000s? I mean, if, if it's 40, if, if the sequel trilogy is 40 years after, uh, I think it's like 30 years after, uh, I thought it was 40. I, I think it takes place 30 years after Battle of Yavin, 30 BBY, or ABY. Well, then if going from Vietnam, uh, Vietnam ended for America in 73, ended for, well, for Vietnam in 75, so it's 2005, 2003 to 2005, just in time to invade Iraq. Yay! <laughs> yeah, good times, good times. Bailey, one of the things that happens in uh, Res- Resistance is some characters finding some old battle droids and reactivating them, and they're all beaten up and old and broken. And you're sitting there thinking, man, I I remember when those droids were brand new and murdering everyone in the galaxy. And you just kind of get a little sad because everybody's... Well, so much stuff has happened. People have just kind of forgotten about all of that. Everybody who fought in the Clone Wars is dead or gone or crazy. Ugh. Anyways, anyways, so Resistance Season 2, that wraps up, and, uh, need I say that 
the whole sequel trilogy had a lot of trouble production. Very. Yeah, so they could have done a season three for for Resistance and then led straight into episode nine, but they didn't because they didn't know what they were doing for episode nine. Okay, episode nine. I do know that they were that they were quite literally had no overarching plan for how Fair. to do all three of them. And then you had it was fuck what's his name? I I don't mean fuck him. I'm saying what is his name? Um he's the one who did Lost and he's the one who did episode 7 and episode 9. Not Ridley Scott. I don't know why that's coming to mind, but uh J.J. Abrams. Yes. Was it? Yes. Abrams. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that I have. He's he, not very good. Uh, I mean, he's not awful. Well, I'll say this: he makes a good foundation for people to build off. Never let him write your ending, though. Uh. Uh. Okay. So, episode nine. This is this caused a lot of people grief, and in the moments of rewatching it, I was like. This isn't that bad. However, there are some caveats, and like, if you just change a few of the wordings on some of the some of the lines, then the movie becomes a lot more bearable. But uh, as it stands, anyway. So after the Last Jedi revealed that Rey was no one, she didn't come from any special family or anything like that. She was just a person who was chosen to become the hero because she had a good heart. Um. Uh, uh, okay. So it turns out Palpatine's still alive. He uh he cloned himself and then sent his soul over there, and he's all like gnarled and evil, and he spends half the movie trying to kill Rey. Or and like Kylo Ren is his servant now after he became the supreme leader. jeez. Uh, they walked back a whole lot of stuff, but we're just looking at, like, pure plot. Anyway, so it turns out Rey is... God, I hate, hate the way they said this. A Palpatine. She is the granddaughter of Palpatine. Or the daughter of Palpatine, because Palpatine's son was actually a clone of him, technically. Ah, jeez. Anyway, so this is where the whole cloning subplot ended up. It does raise a lot of questions of why he, why the Emperor decided to do the whole Operation Sender thing, but whatever, it's, it's a, it's a climax to a Star Wars, to the Star Wars, so they go all out, they bring freaking everybody who's ever flown a ship, Lando's back, uh... Luke comes back to give some last advice as a Force ghost. Han freaking Force ghosts in. Yeah, it's it's vague as to whether he's actually like there or if he's just like hallucination. Whatever. 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 There's a whole bunch of big dumb stuff, which is fun. This is, of course, this is also the movie that made Poe Dameron into a drug runner. Which, considering his previous backstory was military brat. <sighs> anyways, people 
the the main takeaway from that is what a, a lot of people say that he they tried to make him more Han Solo y and ignored the fact that he was kind of his own character the whole time. Uh it's episode dumb. nine was the sequel to an episode eight that we did not see. It's it's a sequel to an alternate universe episode eight, with very minor differences. Honestly, yeah, kind of. Like, they acknowledge everything that happened in Episode 8, but they're like, no, 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 no. This is what actually happened. But it, it doesn't feel earned. It, it feels like you just kind of went, like, here's the big reveals, and then someone else came onto the project and was like, no, 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 no that's not what I wanted to do. It, it, it's literally, dude set up a bunch of mysteries. Another dude's like, okay, I'm going to answer some of those mysteries because you left them open for me. And then the first dude came back like, no, 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 no. You didn't answer the mysteries the way I wanted you to answer them. So here's, a, here's the real answer. Anyways, so Rey is Palpatine's granddaughter or whatever. Uh, there's a giant final battle. The Kylo Ren ends up redeemed and then he dies. And it ends where it began. On a desert planet with two suns. Another happy landing. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, technically not canon, but I'm including it anyways, because I think it's a very good, like, it's a fun little retrospective of the series, is the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, where the crew of the uh, sequels gets together to celebrate Life Day and Ray has a whole adventure going, spinning around through time, seeing all the past events of the Skywalker saga. Of, well, just all of Star Wars, really. And learning a valuable lesson about family and friendship and all that. And also, Finn goes being trained as a Jedi, which is the main reason why I include this, because that is very important to me. That yeah, that was the one thing, the one biggest thing that immediately popped into my head as soon as credits started rolling in episode 9 was, what the fuck was Finn's character arc? That is a good question. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. I'm sorry, so this, they, 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 that, that is the one biggest complaint I actually will have about the sequels. Like, they set him up as sort of like the deuteragonist, right? More but or less, they yeah. don't do anything with him. I mean, he's there, but that's literally all he is. Like, he's... Yeah, he... His whole thing in Force Awakens is running away from being a stormtrooper, and then uh, Last Jedi is him learning, is, like, figuring out that he should protect everybody, not just his friends. But then he doesn't really do anything in uh, Rise of Skywalker. He just, he's just kind of there. I mean, Poe's also just sort of there. He has a sort of arc in Episode 8. I mean, he, he was actually kind of barely in Rise of Skywalker. Well, he was in there enough that they changed that they were able to change his backstory. Why did they just get, introduce a new character if they did... Uh, whatever, 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 whatever. Not important right now. Okay. So, yes. That's that's the Star Wars chronological viewing adventure. Yay! Yay! Woohoo! 
All right. But, but wait, there will be more. Oh, God. Because there's like six more TV shows coming out soon. And so I'm, I'm not going to add anything to this. This is, this is the one time I'm going to talk about this. Because this was a pain in the butt. <laughs> but yes, so... Star Wars is weird and fascinating and cool, I guess. And honestly, though, if you're not on board with the whole space knight monk dudes with laser swords, you know, being good guys, you're you're watching the wrong you're watching the wrong franchise, dude. I I bowed out of Star Wars about the time they threw out the entire old canon. Not because I'm like, oh, how unforgivable this is. I was like, you know what? I really don't feel like having to relearn an entire new canon. So I just sort of bowed out at that point. See, but that's the thing is that it wasn't. It was never a new canon. It was. I mean, like with all the expansions and comics and stuff. Well, yeah. But no regrets. One thing that some people <laughs> didn't really uh, like was the Legends reboot. But when you consider that a lot of Legends was contradictory... Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. We we did not really lose anything when we lost Legends. Like, for every, uh, like, the Grand Thrawn, Grand Animal Thrawn trilogy and all that other crap, there was, like, three other just pure, like, yes, we're going to add as much unnecessary context to the smallest decision possible. Can, can we complain about Han's jacket? Oh yeah, the Han Solo trilogy. 50% good, 50% why did they even bother? If I remember, there was a whole chapter where he literally just went into a thrift shop and found a jacket. Well, that, it, wasn't, it wasn't even just like, oh, it was literally just like, he's like, oh, like, I've reached a turning point in my life. Oh hey, there's a jacket, I'm gonna put it on. And that's the story of how Han got his jacket. Uh, I swear, Star Wars fans are just way too in love with the whole... Everything has a tiny little detail that's super important. There's been like 50 different how they stole the Death Star plans. There was the one in the Han Solo trilogy. And then there's the one in the original Battlefront 2 game. And then just so much crap built up over so many years. You, you, they needed to sl- do a slash and burn. Yeah. Let's not forget everything written by Karen Travis. Travis? Whatever. Whatever her name is. Good times. She, she invented the English cipher that is the Mandalorian language and also... God. Fuck Karen Travis. I knew that I, I knew I, the moment I stopped having a, a good time with Star Wars and Legends, uh, this was even before the Disney bought it, was I was reading a book, the Star Wars book, and I'm like, wait, who? Wait, how? What? When? So, all right, I just got to figure out where the hell I'm like, oh, so I have to read like three other series to understand what the fuck's going on with this one book. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Mind you, a book that was a standalone. <laughs> oh, that's, At that's that point, you have too much canon. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, 
Good times. So one one last thing I want to talk about. This is completely unrelated to all of everything we've talked about so far, but just like when did the when were when did the Yuzang Vong become a thing? I don't know. I deliberately avoided that one like the plague. Yeah, that's fair. It's just I noticed that there's a lot of different like sci-fi properties that had a whole subplot series that's about extra extra galactic invaders coming in to muck up a, to muck to muck up the galaxy. I mean, that's kind of a staple of sci-fi. Yeah, but it's it's weird. Because if uh, the more I look into it, it feels like all of them happened around the same time of the '90s. It's like you had the Yuzang Vong, you had the Tyranids from uh, Warhammer, you had the the clans in BattleTech. I'm sure there's others I could list. Oh, I, I'm trying to remember because I'm also those the the Traveler canon is also completed, but I think there was something similar to that in Traveler as well. Of course. I think it's just a very easy and simple way to introduce an outside context problem. Sure. Sure, why not? Star Wars did it the worst, though. Let's let's be honest. Uh, good times. Anyway, so that is the Star Wars chronological viewing adventure and my thoughts on it and everything that happened and everything I watched and... There wasn't really a point to all this. Yay. I just I just wanted to share it. Yay. So, until next time. I have been Lyle. And I have been Eli. And this has been Anime Stroganoff. Gonna do a Star Wars pun, but I couldn't think of one. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>